0: The past couple weeks has been really cool. Um, if you guys notice that I haven't been here. Um, uh, two weeks ago, I got a chance to preach in Pittsburgh, and that was really cool. Um, I, it was my second time preaching there, and uh, it's really cool because it always pushes me out of my comfort zone some because I'm used to a certain age group, normally like college age, young adult, like. That's the typical group that I speak to. No one uh, really that goes to this church is probably under sixty years old. Um, so it's just really cool to get to like interact with people and like get to speak to uh, speak to an age group that I normally don't get to speak to a whole lot. And it was really cool and it was in- encouraging for me as well. Then this past weekend, very randomly, I got. A text like two weeks ago from someone that was like, Hey, there's this youth conference in Florida that's happening in two weeks, and the guy who was supposed to teach just said he couldn't do it. And we were wondering if you would want to come down here and, and teach for it. And instantly I was like, Of course, like that would be fun. So, one week speaking to a group of people over 60, and then one group, one week going to middle and high schoolers and you know what's cool? I preach the exact same sermon. And both of them wanted it because that's how God works. Yeah. Yeah. He's teaching things, he's teaching the exact same things to different people everywhere. And it is awesome. If you if if you guys keep up with any of like the touring or traveling or anything we do, if we go out for two weeks We're normally teaching close to the exact same thing every night because we're in different places every night. And the biggest thing that we hear every night is we were just talking about this before you guys got here. And it's crazy to think like God is bringing up these topics all over the country and I love it. Which is going to bring me into something else before I actually get into today's passage. There's a young pastor this past week that killed herself. Um, I'm sure you guys have probably seen that if you're in any form of like social media. This pastor's outreach was called Anthem of Hope. And it targeted mental illness. It targeted suicide. It targeted depression. We need to pray for our pastors. We need to pray for the people who are out there fighting this stuff because just because just because you're over something like Anthem of Hope, I bet so many people thought he has it all together. He has all the answers now because he's out there fighting this. No, he felt just as hopeless as they did, but he wanted to make a change, and he knew the answer. He knew the answer, but he just kept falling back into it, and we need to be covered in prayer. You need to pray for your pastors. You need to pray for the people who are out there doing this stuff because they are not perfect. They do not have all the answers and temptation comes to everybody. And he had one dark moment and probably felt like he had no one to turn to and it led to a rash choice. And we need to pray for our pastors. This is serious. Um, This has been the biggest topic of, over the past, or traveling over the past couple weeks, and I'm still getting texts. I'm still getting calls for the past week now. Of people are feeling really hopeless right now. There are a lot of people who just feel like there is nothing for them. And yes, we know the answer is Jesus Christ. We know that. We just have to give them the hope that we have. You can't give them the hope that you have if you don't have the hope. That's right. So. But, with that being said, today we're going to talk about the presence of the Holy Spirit. That was a complete side note of just an update of the past two weeks. But, cool thing about Scripture and how God works is it all ties in. It all works together. So, um, kind of the way Gene did last week with the authority of the Word, I have six points. I'm going to go over them very quickly. Um, first point is the Holy Spirit was here from the Beginning, Genesis 1-2 says the earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. The Holy Spirit interacted with the creation. The Holy Spirit interacted throughout all of the Old Testament. The Holy Spirit was present in all of this. So the Holy Spirit is not just a New Testament thing. It's not... The access to the Holy Spirit that we have now is a New Testament thing. But the Holy Spirit has been here since the creation. The Holy Spirit has been active in everything. You follow when the children of Israel were coming out of Egypt, the you know fire in the sky, inside the Ark of the Covenant, Like the Holy Spirit was active throughout all this stuff. And for those of you who like more really fun things in the Old Testament, if you want to talk about this, because I think this is a very fun topic, Jesus was also in the Old Testament as well. That's right. So that's one of those things that just blew my mind. But the Holy Spirit was active and present throughout the Old Testament. um, And it said when you hear about the prophets or David or certain people in the Old Testament, it would say the Spirit of the Lord fell upon them or they were full of the Spirit. This happened in circumstance to them. This happened because they were doing something or they were prophesying or something. We have access to that all the time now. We can have the Holy Spirit whenever, because we do. If we're, if we're Christians, we do have the Holy Spirit. We can just choose to not walk in that power, which is what you see in a lot of the church nowadays. Amen. So, point one is the Holy Spirit has been here from the very start. Point, point two, the Holy Spirit is a teacher. John fourteen twenty six. but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Who said these words? Jesus. Jesus. Okay, quick side note on that as well. When I was in Florida this past week, you could tell that the kids that I was speaking to grew up in a very traditional church. Because I would ask something, and they just stared at me. And I was like, it's okay to talk. I'm not going to be like, uh-uh, they're talking in church. Get them out of here. Like, but they would just stare at me. And one time, you can ask Chris or anybody that like travels with us, I'll let awkward silences go on for a while. I really enjoy it. I think it's fun. So I asked something, and they're all just staring at me. And I'm just kind of like... And finally, one of the youth pastors spoke up and answered me. And I was like, okay, now I want to hear from the kids. (laughs) Um, So yeah, if I ask something, it's, it's okay to answer. Yeah, these words were said by Jesus, and Jesus was the word. Jesus was the word that became flesh. So when Jesus said, bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you, he's talking about all of scripture, the whole Bible. Because Jesus is the word of God So The Holy Spirit is a teacher And how awesome is it for those of you Who find yourself in these places Or in these talks or in circumstances Where you don't know what to say But then stuff Just starts coming out And you're like what was that Like that was biblical And that was right But that's not what I planned on saying That just came out That happens all the time to me where I'm like huh cool I just taught myself something Um, and that's really cool to see the Holy Spirit do that or when I'll just read scripture and I'll feel bad after I read like six chapters I'm like man I can't really remember anything that I just read but then I'll start talking like two weeks later and some very obscure passage from that day comes out and I'm like oh I don't have to remember it the Holy Spirit remembers it. Yes. I just took the time to read it. and Yeah. The Holy Spirit is a teacher. And if we put effort in, we have to, you know, open the Bible. We have to read the Bible. But the Holy Spirit will bring those things back to us. And they will come out when they need to come out. And I promise you, for me, because sometimes not the brightest, it happens all the time where stuff just comes out. And... I know it's not from me. I know it's from God. The Holy Spirit is the absolute best teacher. And to tie in everything Gene said last week about the authority of the Word, we can't even begin to understand the Word without the Holy Spirit. If we try to read Scripture on our own, then we have all these personal perspectives, these personal ideas, and we have all of these things that we're going to twist Scripture into something that it's not. But if we pray before we open Scripture for the Holy Spirit to show us what it is and take all of our false theologies and throw them out, then we'll understand Scripture for what Scripture is supposed to be. And that's the good teacher that the Holy Spirit is. Point three is the one that's the least fun. Brings conviction. Never the, uh, John 6, 16, 17, and 8. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and, and righteousness and judgment. We've all been in that point where we know someone's not right. Where we know that we're doing something that we shouldn't have done or we just said something, or we're thinking about saying something that we're not supposed to say, or going from there, any of that, we know we've all been in that spot, and the Holy Spirit gives you that check of like, hey, this doesn't line up with who you are. But, I've hit on this topic here before multiple times. The thing that I feel that I need to bring up is the huge difference between conviction and condemnation. The Holy Spirit only brings conviction The Holy Spirit never brings condemnation. So if you feel condemnation, that is not from God, and that is not of you. Conviction only brings hope. It may be painful sometimes. It may be, you know, um, a uh, chastising of sorts. So, you know, conviction in and of itself isn't always like, oh, this is fun. But it always leads to hope. It always points you who you're called to be when condemnation does the exact opposite it says what you are now is all you're ever going to be yeah. and when we get those two confused we can we can thank god as a bully we tend to think god as a jerk when we feel ourselves condemning ourselves or we let other people condemn us and we take that as the voice of god Because the Holy Spirit does not condemn. Romans chapter 8 starts with, Therefore, now there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That does not mean that we can do whatever we want to do and just live however we want. But it means that through Jesus and through grace, we are not condemned. That the Holy Spirit will check us on those things, as Gene says all the time, once the Holy Spirit checks us, it's up to us what we do in that moment. We can keep doing what it is that we want to do, and our hearts will become hardened to what the Holy Spirit is trying to tell us, and that is one of the most dangerous places that you can be in, is when you don't feel convicted for something that you know is sin anymore. So... If you take anything from today, I beg you, do not let yourself go that far to where you no longer feel conviction. If you are at a point right now where you feel convicted for something that is going on in your life, let's take care of that today because it's important. It is very important to take care of that as soon as you can and to handle that. Um, But on the other end of that, the Holy Spirit does not offer condemnation, only conviction. (coughs) One of the conversations me and, and and Brett had this week at work, what do we do to other people? Do we offer condemnation or do we offer conviction? Do we try to point people towards who they're called to be? Because if we're following the Holy Spirit and if we're truly letting the Holy Spirit guide the way we talk, then we wouldn't condemn people either because if the Holy Spirit wouldn't condemn people, why would the Holy Spirit urge me to condemn someone? that doesn't make sense. That's a contradiction. Then God does not contradict himself. So, if we find ourselves condemning other people, then we are not walking in the Spirit. But if we find ourselves trying to push other people towards their calling and do it out of love, then we're walking in the Holy Spirit. So, one of the most popular things that you hear right now, choose to speak life over people. Speak life. That's what the Holy Spirit would do. Speak life over people. Point four reveals the mind of God. First Corinthians chapter two, verses ten eleven. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. Who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person which is in him? so also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the spirit the holy spirit gives us access to the mind of the father which is incredible but yet we choose to not tap we choose to not tap into that yeah because so the way i've been thinking about this all week is if you truly know someone you don't have to try to figure out their intent for why they did something, do you? Because you know them. So while writing the sermon, I was talking to Rebecca, and someone that doesn't really know her that well could come up to me and be like, yeah, she said like this thing, and I took it this way, blah, blah, blah. But me, I know her very well. And if she was to say to like say something to me or I would know her intent. I would know where she's coming from because I spend time with her. Yes. I have talks with her and I know who her character is. I know who she is as a person. I don't have to judge from an outside point of view. That's what we do with with God. The Holy Spirit has not just... like The Holy Spirit has given us access to the mind of God but yet we still choose to just critique God from an outsider's point of view. That's right. We get confused at the stuff that happens, and then we go on our little speeches of why would God let this happen or why wouldn't God intervene with this. It's because we're not asking the Holy Spirit to reveal to us the mind of God. Right. So one of my biggest problems has has been anxiety and, and self worth issues. <clears throat> Scripture says that the thoughts God has for us outnumbers sand on every shore. How many times when I was feeling really anxious or really low did I ask the Holy Spirit to give me some of those thoughts? I normally didn't. I never really thought of that as an option. But if you ask God for his thoughts, that's what the Holy Spirit is saying right here, is he will reveal the mind of God to you. And I think that is absolutely incredible. We as Christians just need to spend more time in prayer and less time complaining about things and actually understand the mind of God. And um, point five is not only does the Holy Spirit reveal God's mind to us, He reveals our mind to God. Romans eight twenty six and 27. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with Romans too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. How many times have you guys prayed for something, and in hindsight you're like, if God would have answered that prayer the way I wanted him to, things would be bad. I mean, there's been times where we pray for God to reconcile us to other people when God's saying, let let them go. That's right. uh, there's been times when we're praying to God for us to get a certain job when God's saying, that's not what I have for you. But yet we're praying for these <laughs> certain things instead of just praying for God's will to be done. When we have our mind already set up on how we want the prayer answered, we're never going to see the answer to the prayer. Because one of the biggest things that I hear all the time is someone's like, will you pray for me for whatever it is? I've been praying this for two years and I haven't heard from God. I'm like, I don't believe that for one second. You've heard from God probably at least 20 times, you just didn't like what you heard. Um, When we're open to what the Holy Spirit really wants to do and not just open to what we want to do because we know that the Holy Spirit knows us better than we know us and that God knows what's better for us than we think we know what's better for us, that when we just pray, very simple, the prayer Jesus prayed, (coughs) not my will but yours be done, that that is the most powerful prayer we can pray. Whenever we pray things like, you know, very specific, like it, it's okay, completely okay to tell God what you want. Like if you tell God like, hey, I really want this job, but not my will, but your will be done. But like, if it's up to me, this is what I really want. God likes to know what we want. He likes us to be honest with him and he likes us to talk to him. But when it comes down to it, he's way smarter than we are. So, make sure when we pray that we're that we're letting the Holy Spirit really reveal our mind to God and know that whatever the answer is, God knows what he's doing and that God is in control. And the very last point is probably the toughest one to do. We must submit Galatians 5.16 But I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. What does it mean to walk by the Spirit? I'll hold the mic down so you guys know. Obedience to His Word. Mm -hmm. Obedience to His Word. Surrender. Surrender. What stops us from doing that? (laughs) Us. I think I heard the exact same answer like four times just now. <laughs> so, I think it comes down to knowing uh, if you've heard me pray before church or really before doing anything, I normally say one some, some version of take whatever plans we have and throw them away. Today is your day. Like, Because I know, like, we're called to come in here with a plan. Like, of course, we're called to have a plan. But if the Holy Spirit wants to interrupt that plan, that's awesome. And I want him to be able to do whatever it is he wants to do. So, I think it's really cool when you get to see things where it was not the plan at all, but you have surrendered to the Holy Spirit. And you just see God do something incredible. So I'm going to share a story about a time that I didn't fully surrender to the Holy Spirit, but God still did something incredible, and it was so cool. And it's one of the things I like think about most every day now. Um, I was either 20 or a little before turning 20 uh, in my band at the time. We were playing a concert in... Rock Hill, South Carolina and it was we did their n- New Year's Eve show every year and it was like one of the biggest things there would be like 500 people there and like it was always just a ton of fun because you know when you're in a touring band you typically play to about 50 people a night at that time frame so getting to play to you know, a few hundred people was a lot of fun and <clears throat> We played a lot, and I would normally speak during our concerts for about three minutes usually, and I was always so proud because when I would speak during our concerts, I normally didn't stutter, and so my mind had this thing worked out where it was like, me and God have this unspoken deal of if I do this thing for him, then he's not going to let me embarrass myself, so that's a weird way to think, but... So, like, we've been doing this for a few years already, and, like, it was all going really well. And this night, in front of, you know, four or five hundred people, I could not get a word out. I was stammering over every word. I was stuttering over every word. I knew exactly what I wanted to say. It wasn't that I was unprepared to say it. It was the exact same stuff I said every night at shows. But I was just stuttering and I couldn't get a single word out, and I tried to get through it for like five minutes, and then I got mad, and I put my microphone down, and our drummer took over, and he started talking, and then I sat like on the side of the stage till he was done talking, and I came back, and we finished our set, and conveniently, this was one of the only places that we ever played that had a green room for the bands. So I just went and hid back there. I was like, I don't want to see people. I don't want to interact with people. I've made a fool of of myself. I don't want to do anything. So I just went and sat back there. And then about half an hour later, someone comes back there. And they were like, hey, uh, someone's asking for you at your merch table. I was like, my drummer should be out there. Like I don't need to go out there. They were like, no, they're asking for you. So, reluctantly, I go out there, and there's this this girl that's like 14, and she's just standing there very awkwardly, and I'm like, hey, how are you doing? Um, and she just hands me her phone, and I was really confused, so I take it, and I look on the screen, and it says, how in the world did you just do what you just did? I have a a stutter problem too, and I'm scared to even try. So the fact that you tried while you were up there, you just gave me so much hope. And it was like tears just instantly came out. I was like, oh, God was even using my stutter for his glory, and if I would have just surrendered and known that he was doing something and just let it happen instead of getting pouty about it, But the cool thing is God still did what he wanted to do and like we all got to pray over this girl and we kept in touch for years and like she went on to do some really cool things where she got like courage and she was speaking and she was confident Mm -hmm. and it's just cool to see that even when things don't go to our plan that God still has a plan and when we submit to the Holy Spirit every day can be like that. You don't need a platform. You don't need to be in front of people for the Holy Spirit to do something powerful. Do do you guys come to church expecting the Holy Spirit to do something powerful? Do you guys go to the grocery store expecting the Holy Spirit to do something powerful? That's where we need to change our mindset. It doesn't just happen in a church. It happens wherever spirit-filled believers go. And that needs to be everywhere. I've been trying to make it a point. Again, every time I leave my house, I'm praying with at least one person. And sometimes that gets really awkward when you're in hallway and I'm trying to track someone down. But God does really cool things. Um, so, as we close today, if anybody has a song or something. Um, Oh, there's Andy. I lost him. I was scared. Um, If you find yourself in a spot where you feel like you haven't heard from God, or if you find yourself in a spot where you haven't seen God do anything in quite some time, It's not God that's changed. It's us that stepped away from the presence of the Holy Spirit. So if you would like to be prayed for, me, Gene, and a bunch of other people in here would love to pray for you. If you would like to feel the power of the Holy Spirit come back in your life, and you walk in that power every day, because that's how this church is going to change a community. Whenever we do not just expect the Holy Spirit in this room, but we expect the Holy Spirit in that parking lot we expect the Holy Spirit in our cars and we expect the Holy Spirit in our houses and at our jobs and when we walk in here we don't have to like get in an atmosphere we don't have to create an atmosphere just us walking in here the Holy Spirit's already so powerful because we brought the Holy Spirit out of our homes out of our cars and we brought it back in here because He is wherever we go so if we walk in that power then we will see change and we will see change every day It doesn't, I don't want to give praise reports all the time because of how it was so awesome to see God heal someone. I want that to be like, oh, like, yeah, that's, that's Tuesday. Like, yeah, God does that. Like, because we can walk in that power, but we just choose not to. So let's pray. Dear God, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for who you've called us to be and who you've created us to be. And we thank you for the power of your spirit and that we have the exact same spirit in us that brought Jesus back from the dead. And that Jesus said that we could do all the things he did and greater things. We thank you for that. We thank you that we can walk in that power. And I just pray that as your body, as the body of Christ, as the church, that we just get that passion back and we get that fire back and that we want to walk in that power in Jesus name